This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Watching Lester Till I Die TV. Good evening, yes, uh, probably the most used picture of this man ever has been on the internet. Uh, it is a transfer special. Uh, I know the transfer window's over, but look, you know, let's have a look back at it because let's let's be honest with you, this time last season we didn't get a chance to uh, look back on anything uh, in the transfer window, so it's actually going to be nice to be talking transfers. It is LTID TV from Leicester to Ladai. Thank you very much for joining us. 
please feel free to get your comments in uh, about the signings, the non-signings, those that went, those that didn't go, those that you hope that went, and those that you didn't want to go. We'll be covering them all tonight. Uh, so if you do put your comments in, and we're not talking about your particular uh, player that you, uh, you've asked a question about, do hang on, because we'll be covering as many as we can. Uh, but we'll try and put some of your questions into the mix as well. Um, somebody, uh, there was a podcast on Twitter earlier, uh, the second tier. Now, all I will say is, what the hell were they talking about? If you're going to go and if you're going to talk transfers, get somebody on that knows what they're talking about. Like this gentleman here. Rob Tanner from The Athletic. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. Oh, good evening, I should say. How good evening. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm melting here. I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's season started. We've, we're into the international break. And we're getting yeah. weather like this. I'm melting. <laughs> we're never happiest Brits, are we? No, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're always moaning about the weather. It is. It is. What, what would we talk about? We would absolutely not talk to each other if we didn't have the weather to talk about. Mm -hmm. But uh, let, let's, not, let's not knock it. There's nothing wrong with a nice Indian summer. Yeah. We, we didn't have a absolutely. proper one anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but no, welcome on. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming along and doing this. Um, we were going to do it on Tuesday, but we're talking just before we came on. And again, as I always say, Please do subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, Rob is the Leicester City correspondent there. Knows what he's talking about. And we write some of the best stuff that uh, is out there uh, on the web. Do get over. And he, he had to do one five years, I suppose, for the report to come out. But it came out regarding the 27th of October 2018 when, um, unfortunately, the chairman and, and the, everybody else on the helicopter passed away. Um it didn't make nice reading, and that's not a criticism of your reading. That's just a criticism of, well, not a criticism, but that's just a fact on the yeah. topic, if you like. But, I mean, you've been writing for, for many, many years. That must have been one of the hardest things for you to write. I've written about some pretty horrific things over the years. Um, I wasn't always just a football writer, you know. Obviously, did news and right. lots of other things as well. So, um, But that, that, that is particularly tough. To, to, to write about, to read 209 pages. A lot of it was very technical jargon uh, about, you know, the engineering of a helicopter. And, and yeah, I know a lot more now. I mean, I, luckily, um, my colleague Adam, Adam Leventhal's next-door neighbour used to fly helicopters. So oh, I had a wow. chat with him about certain aspects of that report so he could explain it to me in layman's terms. But, mm -hmm. um, but the personal side of it was the hardest stuff. The, the stuff that was in the report about what actually happened that night... Um, like minute by minute, uh, and well, the, the pilot was um, a hero in my eyes from reading that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that um, you know, I mean, he was out completely out of control. It was 14 seconds from the failure to um, hitting the, the the ground, and in that time, he was able to make sure that it didn't contact uh, any cars or buildings or people, and um, he even because it, it, it's like a handbrake in a helicopter but it controls yeah. the the lift and the and the down so it goes the ascent and the descent right. so he made it go into a descent and then pulled up right at uh, 75 meters from the floor how he knew he was 75 meters from the floor 75 feet from the floor when the helicopter's spinning and um it's pitch black um incredible but he it, they, they they said in the report that uh, four of the five people on there, although oh, all, all seriously injured, could have potentially survived uh, yeah. because of his actions. 
but unfortunately the bad luck was that they landed on a, a concrete step which made the helicopter tip onto its left side and that ruptured the, the fuel cells and caused the fire and they said in the report that they probably um uh, asphyxiated on the fumes before mm. it ignited so yeah um so that in a way that's incredibly tragic but also a little crumb of comfort that they didn't suffer too much you know but yeah. um but a testament to the to, to um pilot swaffer because um well um it in, could in have been moment he was so thinking about other people yeah and it could have been so much worse had he not been able to do that yeah, or had he but, not thought quickly enough to do that you know it uh, yeah it's scary at, at a tragedy think. you cut you find these stories of her heroism and selflessness yes. and yes. um and i think that's one yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just wanted to touch on that. Um, like I said, it is a great piece. Please, I've, I've, I've noticed, I think there's another offer up there, a pound a month for 12 months to subscribe. Please go over, subscribe, and check Rob's page out. Uh, and he, he does write some terrific stuff. Um, Scott is in. Hello, Scott. Hello, John. Lester for life. Um John's asking about uh, a certain podcast that I mentioned earlier. We will be coming on to that, uh, believe it or not, John. Uh, Connor Cody's uh, signing for Leicester. I don't think the, the, uh, if we're going to get through the whole show without mentioning it. Uh, but uh, here we go. Let us just have a move around and get rid of some of this stuff here. And then there we go. You can see it's in our full beauty. Right. You, you wrote this... Um, a while ago, um, uh, Leicester are shaping up to have the best squad in the championship. And to be honest with you, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there. Well, yeah, I mean, there, weren't, there wasn't too many surprises in the transfer window for, for me because mm. the, the seven lads that were out of contract, we, we knew they were all moving yeah. on. Yeah, that, there was no secret there. We knew straight away the relegation was confirmed. Well, we knew James Madison was going anyway, whether they stayed up or not. But we yeah. knew Harvey Barnes was probably going to have to go as well. Timothy Castagna was also very bankable, a bankable asset that they could move on. Um, so there was no surprises in those departures, really. Um, no. So it was then a question of who was coming in. Who, who could they bring in? Because obviously got to replace a lot of players. Yeah. I mean... Brendan said before that that the, the squad needed a bit of a, a reshaping, a refresh, but it's mm. a total rebuild. Yeah. But um, yeah, but then I, I, there were a few surprises for me because the fact that Leicester can still draw going into the championship to England internationals in Harry Winks and Connor Cody. Yes. Uh, stra straight off the bat as well, that was a mm. statement of intent bringing those two in straight straight away. That sort of set the tone for me. And then um, Mads Hermansen coming in, I thought, he, he's, a, he's a goalkeeper that's very highly rated. A lot of people have been talking about him. Yeah. So he, he wasn't somebody that I wasn't uh, familiar with or heard their name before. So that I thought, well, OK, here we go. Um, then going to Man City and get um, Callum Doyle, who obviously was with the Coventry in the playoff yeah. final. Yeah. And I, could, I watched a lot of his stuff because we use a, a platform called Scout. Uh, yeah. And we can watch uh, pretty much any game we want from around the world and, and highlights of certain players. So, um, so I can go in. Everybody's making a note of that now, including yeah. 
<laughs> and and um, oh, you have to pay for it. It's not free. I mean, the athletic pay for for it for uh, to go in and use it. And uh, the, lot, lot the clubs use it, so um, I can go in and I do a lot of pieces looking at examining players' attributes, yeah. and uh, so you can watch their highlights, but you can also watch the areas that they need improvement. So I looked at Callum Doyle, and, and I started to think, well, they're building something here. They're, they're building from the back. They're building a um, yeah. a foundation goalkeeper, um, two centre halves that have come in. Then uh, Harry Winks, the holding midfield player. And then it was a question of building from the top. Mm. And obviously losing Harvey was a, and James were massive source of goals and assists. So they had to replace them. So it's been intri- interesting, the, the, the areas they've gone into to build that up as well. So, um, yeah, it's um, I've been actually very encouraged by the work they've been able to do. I know they would like to have done a, a lot of it a lot earlier. To give Enzo more time to work with him because not only have you got pretty much a new squad, you've got a new manager and a new yeah. philosophy, a new idea, as he calls it, his idea. Um, so it's going to take a lot of time. In, in fact, I'm actually amazed that they started off uh, with six straight wins in all competitions. Uh, before and, and, the, the, and some the fans still aren't happy because we lost to Hull. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, and, and against Hull, they had over 65% possession, I think, 21 shots yeah. on goal, only one on target, though. So that's the area now that they need to refine. They need to get more but clinical in that final third. But I feel when I've been watching this, because let's be honest with you, we, 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 we quite often had the possession under Brendan. We just didn't do anything with it. Uh, and... I've got obviously links if I watch you know some of the games on. Uh, one day it was down, and I was watching like an AI uh, following of the match, and uh, I, it was literally sort of Vestergaard to Winks, to Vestergaard to Winks, to Vestergaard to Winks. But at the end of it, there was a superb long pass, I think, from Vestergaard, and it was what we, we there was an end product to it all, where you never felt there was that with Brendan, did you? Well, I didn't anyway. There is a plan. There is mm. a plan. And I would love to sit down with Enzo and, and talk it through with him properly and show him footage of those first five games so, so he could talk me through the finer details of it. But I, from the press bench, I can see what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is build from the back and draw teams out because they know they're the big fish in the championship. So yes. teams are going to sit deep. Even, I mean, even the reporters from Hull were talking about, oh, Hull loved to dominate the possession and... They didn't. They came to the King Power Stadium and they sat deep and said, right, you come on to us. So they're going to have to get used to this. It's every game it's going to be the case, even yeah. away from home. Teams are going to sit and say, right, OK, let's see what you can do. So yeah. they've got to be patient and they're going to probe and they're going to try and go down the left and they'll see if they can draw them out. If they can't, they'll go down, go back and start again and draw them out on the right. And if they see an opening, because teams are going to condense the pitch, They've got that cross-field pass. Now, I've been looking at stats today for a piece on Yannick Vestergaard, uh, but what stuck out to me was the amount of long passes, accurate passes, Callum Doyle has played so far, wow. from left to right. Um, so that 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 is an area what they're trying to do. So when they shuffle the pack over, because they're trying to condense space, you can't play through them, but obviously that leaves a lot of space out wide. And that's yeah. why wingers, bringing in wingers was so important in the transfer window because he likes wingers that are going to stay wide and create that space. Callum Doyle will ping it over to the right flank. Now he's got options on the right as well, as well now with some of the signings they've brought in with Eunice and, and Abdul. So, you know, ho- hopefully with a bit of time and a bit of work, 
we will see this game plan evolve. But also, <laughs> opposition will evolve their tactics as well. So yes. it's it's a yeah. fluid thing. We are, as you say, we are the big fish that everybody's going to want to come after. You know, we we. In, no disrespect to Southampton or Leeds, and Leeds obviously are a massive club. But when you look at recent history, you know Premier League winners, FA Cup winners, charity, you know, Community Shield winners, or as I like to call it, the Super Cup of England. You know, we're the team that they're going to want to prove themselves against, and yeah. it's down to us. And what I've been watching, and I, I, I'm an old git, I'm not going to lie, and I can remember uh, pre-Fergie days when Liverpool were the dominant force. And in watching them, they could go a goal down or they could be struggling at nil-nil, but you never felt that they panicked because they always knew that something would come most of the time, not all of the time, like with us with all. But, yeah, we've been getting those late goals. And I I look at Leicester and I see a lot of that Liverpool sort of side in Leicester because we don't panic. You know, we, we, we concede a goal or we're not getting through. Yeah. You know, we just take our time. It's not going to work all the time, but I, I, I do see that in Leicester. Yeah, it, it, as I said, it's a work in progress. I mean, there are areas that that cause me a little bit of concern at times. I mean, they, they push so high. I mean, I don't know if anybody noticed that it, against Hull, certainly in the second half, there was 21 players basically in the final third of the yes. pitch as Leicester pressed. They yeah. sat so deep that Yannick and, and, and all the, 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 the back three, as it, as it becomes when they're in possession... Yeah. We're so high up the pitch, and there's so much space to exploit behind. If if anybody just puts the ball over the top, and you've got a striker of pace, a Vardy of 2016 yeah. running into that, um, you know that, that that would exploit that. But it's a risk they're willing to take because yeah. this is the this is the belief system. And I and I have to say, I don't think I've ever come across a manager that is so invested in his philosophy on how to play the game. He will not change it at all. Yeah. You know, even after the defeat against Hall, you come out, he seemed really relaxed about the fact he was a defeat. You know, I wouldn't say he was happy, but he was no. certainly, you know, a, a lot more upbeat than a lot of people around the place. And uh, and I thought that well, this is a guy that just thinks this is going to happen from time to time. You know, yeah. we we but it's a work in progress, and um, you know, we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep going because this is I'm completely and utterly committed to this this philosophy and way of playing. And I think eventually it could potentially be really exciting style of play. Yeah. I know the fans get frustrated because they want to see the ball go forward and, you know, get into them and they want, they want to see high octane football. And under Brendan at times, we did get that a lot of high octane football, mm. but um, you know, you've got to, you've got to stick with this. Football moves it's on, doesn't commitment. it? I mean, you know, it's you, a commitment. You, I just think we can play now this season in this division the Claudio sort of football that, that won us the Premier League, you know. But that's what fans want. They want that counter-attacking, you know, style. Wait, yeah. What a contrast, though. What a contrast, because they they were winning games with 30% possession. Leicester have not had less than 63% possession in any game yeah. so far this season. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a complete contrast, complete different path. I did want to, because you mentioned there, you know, the, the, the defeat. We'd gone, well, I mean, last year we were collecting records, but not the sort of records that we wanted yeah. um, towards the end under under Brendan. But look, four games to go undefeated. Then it became five. Then it became six. It, my God. And I must admit, personally, <coughs> excuse me, whilst I never want to lose, 
I'm quite glad we have and we've got it out of the way. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, because it um, just reinforces the fact that, you know, this is a new beginning mm. and there is a lot of work ahead of us. And it's and it tempers the expectation to some extent, because I do think there is a, a feeling that um, Leicester should be going out and demolishing everybody in this league. And you've got to respect this division because it is unrelenting. Mm. Oh. I mean, you yeah. might not see the quality. Mm. Now, I think Leicester have got away with a couple of results so far. Because they've they have conceded a lot of chances and the, the quality yeah. in the championship isn't there sometimes to punish you like the Premier League. Yeah. I'm sure if they were in the Premier League and they're playing against better oh. opposition and playing the style of football they're going and going through this transition, there wouldn't be a, as anywhere near as many points on the board. But you've still got to give them credit for, for winning those games and finding a way. And what they've been is patient, as you said, and they've passed teams to death. <laughs> to the extent where, because they're chasing all the time, and and that's why so many winners have come late on because the teams mm. have just been fatigued and somebody switched off at the vital moment, and there's been an opportunity and uh, for a little bit of I mean McAteer at Rotherham, classic oh, example, yeah. crossfield ball, Callum Doyle inside shouldn't have been showed inside, brilliant finish, brilliant yeah. finish. I mean, in fact, I spoke to um, a journ uh, journalist in Turkey about Eunice and I, I was talking about the Rotherham game and, you know, where he might fit in. And he, and he looked on YouTube and he said, who's this Casey McAteer? He said, this guy's incredible. Yes. <laughs> Just from watching that game, that the highlights of that game and the finish. So, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's always great. And, and we're going to talk about a lot of transfers, aren't we? But, you know, a lot yeah. of times fans get all excited and they want to see these big glamorous names. And it, it's got to be somebody from overseas coming in. Sometimes your homegrown lads can, well, this is it. You don't money. need to spend that money, and we you know we 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 haven't got the money. We have to cut your cloth accordingly. Um, but like you said, and I, I've said this, and I hundred percent agree with you. Is okay. Yes, you know we we are conceding a lot of shots, and you know I'm sure we, we might get found out when we play Liverpool in the you know in the Carabao Cup. But Good point. We're not playing the Liverpool's week in, week out. We're playing, you know, the Sheffield Wednesdays and the Ipswiches. No disrespect to them and the Cardiffs. Uh, and hopefully by the time we do get to play the Liverpools and the Spurs and the Man Cities, we'll obviously have gelled more as a team and be better. Uh, fing fing fingers crossed. You mentioned... Oh. Sorry. I was going to say, it's going to take a bit of time. You know, yeah. I mean, that, and as soon as that draw was made, and that's why I said to you a good point, I thought that will be, we will find out more. I don't expect too much from the result, but we will find out more from that game than we will from any other game so far this yes. season when they go to Anfield oh, and play, yeah. play Liverpool. And we will find out the values of Mareska Ball. Yes, yeah. And of course, we played Liverpool pre-season. Switch, yeah. switch, switched off for 20 minutes and, uh, like, and played brilliantly for 30 yes yes uh, but there we go but looking at the list there i mean it was it's quite a busy window compared to yeah. last year wasn't it you know we've had we've had quieter ones but yeah the top two there uh barnes and madison but we know about them i the thing that impressed me is we did the business early on so that the money was there and, you know, we knew they were going to go. So why drag it out? You know, maybe get a few million extra here, or a few million extra there. And, you know, you're just messing about. Uh, but, I mean, you know, nearly £80 million for two relegated players ain't a bad deal. No, and they generated nearly £100 million. 
you know, when you've got you're going from having concerns about FFP for mm. European qualification, uh, for then having to yeah. deal with um, FFP in the Championship is a big, mm. big drop. Yes. So they had to do something, and but they had to get deals done early, and they had to be realistic. I mean, yeah. they stayed in the Premier League, and Madison had signed a new deal. Um, obviously, his his value would have gone through the roof. I mean, the people are already talking about him being the bargain buy yes, of the Premier are. League transfer yeah. window, and I would totally see where they're coming from with that because he is a top top player. Surprising um, that we moved to Tottenham, though. No. No, I know there's a lot of people with expecting him to go to like one of the big, big, big hitters, um, but I wasn't. I, th- I thought T- Tottenham would be a good fit for him because he's going to play. Mm. He'll play every week, and uh, I think it's really good for him there. And um, Postic- uh, Andrew Postecoglou is, is trying to build a team that's going to be a si- exciting uh, and attacking force, and that suits James to a T. Yeah. I think I think it's the best move he could have done. Yeah. And I think Tottenham will challenge this season. And I think it will play a prominent role since uh, Harry Kane's gone. So, no, I think that was a really good move for him. What, what I like about Harvey Barnes and James Madison is there was no spitting, you know, you dummy outs or no moaning, you know. I mean, you know, they, no. they, they, all right, they hadn't signed a contract, but, you know, we were able to move them on while we've still got money. Maybe it was our own fault with Tielemans, but, you know, I, I, you know, there was no sort of, you know, moods or anything like that and uh, they both left i think with the best wishes of the fans yeah which uh, it's an awkward thing about and i think sometimes Mm. fans don't quite get this about well we should have sold them when they had one year left but Mm. if there's no takers yeah if there's no takers you can't sell them Mm. and yuri i think his um people had aspirations of a, a big six champions league club were going to come in for him. I don't know if there must have been conversations with clubs and they must have thought that was going to be possible. But I always say there's a reason why players reach a level and then don't break through the ceiling is because there's something missing from their game. Yes. And um, there's like an element that, of doubt about them. And I think with Yuri's wonderful footballer, fantastic vision, and he'll do very, very well at Aston Villa. Uh, and I think that's quite a nice environment for him. But um, he ha- hasn't got that physicality that perhaps a Liverpool would want from a midfielder or, you know, yeah. one of the you know the top, top sides in, in Europe. Um, so I think that's why. But I, people, Leicester fans always go on about Harry Maguire and, and they sing about him in a negative way and stuff like that. And this is, this has always troubled me uh, because Harry knew Man United were interested in in him, they came in for him the summer before he left. Yeah, uh, he signed the contract because he knew they were going to come in again. But he signed the contract, and that protected Leicester, and that's how they could yeah. get eighty million pounds for him. No, nobody else has done that. No, nobody well, I, else has I done remember, that. I didn't know that until you told me that actually on the previous. No, I've, I've mentioned it on a previous show, but yeah. and I just I don't know why. Why wouldn't Yuri do that? So at least, all right, even if it was only ten, twenty million, at least we could get something for him. Because, you know, footballers, at the end of the day, and there's a lot of nice lads, really is. I mean, yeah. I th- I th- there's a lot of good good guys um, in the pro game, but they are mercenaries at the end of the day. They play for money. Mm. And, um, you know, they, they, they're looking for the best deal and the best opportunities to progress their career. Um, 
there is very. I tell you, the classic example against this argument is Jamie Vardy. Mm. Uh, but I, I would say that you know, don't get too attached to players because players come and go. You know, they'll look out for what's best for them. But Jamie Vardy's different, and I, you know, he's um, he took. I mean, he could have made a lot of money going to Arsenal in 2016. Yeah. He could have struck while the iron was hot when he was at the, the, the zenith of his powers at the time. But he felt like there was something there for him, and, and and again, you know, this summer there was there was there could have been opportunities for him, you know, Saudi yeah. Arabia or something like that to earn a lot of money. Yeah, but he wanted to stay and and have his. I think we he, have wants to, he wants to get them back in the Premier League. He, he sees that if he could get them back in the Premier League in his last year of his contract, I think he'd see, feel like his journey was complete. Exactly, that would be the, the, the perfect end. And these players don't have sort of any loyalty to Leicester, you know. And, and all right, some players do, like Kieran. Some Duke, players do, local yeah, lad. But the majority do. of them, it's a job, you know. At the yeah. end of the day. Uh, but looking at some of the others that left, I mean, it's interesting to see that a lot of those that have left that we knew were going, uh, they've actually been able to, I mean, I think um, um, Mendy's the latest one today uh, he, or, or yesterday. He's ended up with a, a Champions League club um, mm. signing. So they've, they've, they've all sort of gone to decent. But I, I'm sorry, I, know, I don't know if they went or not. We've talked about this before, but... Um, Ryan Bertrand going back to Chelsea. I don't think that has happened, but you know, Johnny Evans to Manchester United. I mean, even with your crystal ball, you couldn't have seen that one coming, Rob. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Um, I mean, in fact, I had uh confidence that he might sign a deal and 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 stay at Leicester, but then yeah. Man United is such a big part of his, and you know, we talk about players not having loyalty or, or affection mm. for, for the clubs he has for Man United. Yes. Um, but, you know, at this stage of his career, I, 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 perhaps one last one song at the club he loves. Uh, perhaps that I was mean, too much of a draw for him. Well, exactly. And, you know, players have clipped teams that they have supported when they were younger. Uh, and, again, you know, no loyalty to Leicester because he's, he's, he's got no links to Leicester. And, you know, if you could play your last season in the Premier League or the Championship, let's be honest with you, I think we'd all know uh, where we would uh, we would choose. Tete is an interesting one. I know we will come mm. on to 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 to, to, uh, to Eunice later, but I actually was doing a watch along and I got a uh, uh, somebody come in the chat. It was actually from Turkey. He was Turkish and uh, he supported Galatasaray, and he came. He said, "Oh, you know, how's Eunice going?" And I went, "Well." So he's only been on for 10 minutes, you know, it's hard to say. I said, uh, how's, how's Teddy going at your end? He went, bloody awful. <laughs> he says, can we swap back? So um, I think I think if anybody could find the one Brazilian that wasn't very good, it's Leicester. What a remarkable outcome that is, though, because we all watched his debut at Aston Villa. Ah, yes. And I thought, wait, wow, they've got a player. Mm. Uh, and and I watched again using the White Scout. I watched a lot of his footage yeah. um, when he signed to sort of gauge what sort of player he was. Mm. And he was a right sided player that loved to come in centrally and make central runs in behind the nine. And I thought when Kelechi and Nacho dropped deep and he ran in behind and he scored at Villa just before half time, I thought that's it. That's the blueprint. Um, you know, this is a plan. This could save Leicester. Yes. in the Premier League, and he never made that run again. And I don't know why. 
I have no idea why. Oh, I don't know if it was coached yeah, out of him or he was instructed not to do it. Oh, there's been so many. I mean, I did this piece about Eunice about, and and some some people pulled me up on it and said you can't keep talking about Riyad Mahrez. But since Riyad Mahrez, I'm not comparing him to Riyad Mahrez. No. But since Riyad Mahrez left, they've tried so many players in that position: the left-footed, right-sided winger, and none yeah. of them have succeeded. And I wish Eunice uh, and Abdul. They're all the best because you know that is, it has become a bit of a poison chalice yes, it has. of a position for, for the team, and it's such an important position for them, especially the way that Enzo wants to play. So, mm. yeah, we can only watch and wait. And that's that's, that's the thing, see, we, we're reviewing a, a transfer window and assessing it, and you can only truly know, uh, in much later down the line, how yeah. successful it's actually yeah. been. I mean, you know, I, after that Villa win. I thought Christensen had a good game. Suter, although he's unfortunate with an OG, looked good. Mm-hmm. Christensen's out of the club, back at, you know, out of Bologna. Suter can't get in the side and Tete's gone. So those three guys that I thought, these are the saviours, they're, they're, they're nowhere now. No. So uh, you can never tell. You've got to give it m- much more time. But I think no matter how good a player is, uh, when you get a new manager that comes in, who have basically a completely different philosophy probably to the last manager, uh, different style of play. There's no point saying, well, this is the best player that's available. We should buy him. Well, why buy him when he doesn't fit into the style that the manager wants to play? I said this about Yannick. You know, I said this about Yannick and it's it's interesting. And I've I've got this piece that's running at the weekend Mm. about Yannick. Um, When Yannick came in, it was quite clear. I mean, you say Brendan and, and, and Enzo, very different. I don't think they are too no. much in terms of their philosophy. Both yeah. like their teams to press high up the pitch. So that means the back four, back three have to push to uh, condense the space to the midfield. The midfield then condense the space. So that's the press to win the ball back. You win the ball back high, you turn it over and you attack. With Enzo, it's more about building from the back, but it's still the same principles. You know, there's a lot of space in behind. To, to, to defend and uh, it's just they're very very similar but you've got to have the right profile of player to play play that and I can remember asking Brendan when he signed Yannick I said is he going to take a bit of time to get used to how you want to play because he doesn't seem to be comfortable in space uh, defending space with space behind him one-on-one he doesn't that's not really his game he, he's he's a colossal figure yeah, anything, and we saw against Man City anything in the box, you know, he's heading it, blocking it. He's that seemed to be his strength defensively, and then on the ball, he can build. And he went, No, I, I disagree with you. I, th- I think he's the right profile. And then a couple of weeks later, he never played him again. And, he was, <laughs> and then he was saying he wasn't the right profile for, for us. And I'm not saying I, I you know, I've got, no. I got, mean, I know more than Brenda, I don't, but no. I just know what I see. Oh, I think, to be honest with you, after last season, a lot of people probably say you do know more. But, but, um, but I'm saying, look, I know yeah. Yannick isn't comfortable defending 50 metres of space behind mm. I know, but we're going to dominate possession in this league and he's good on the ball. So I'm going to play him because that's his strength. I'm not so worried about his weakness. And we all know his weakness. Yes. But, but we'll, we'll stick with it. And he's well, played every minute of the... Uh, of the um, of, of the I, championship. I want, so. I want to talk to you about Yannick, and you. I don't want to sort of preempt your, your piece coming out at all, but 
I, I, I take some stick off my fellow presenters on this channel because I'm actually been standing up for, for Yannick because he was a Premier League defender. You know, he was, yeah. a, he was an international defender and he was pursued by a manager for a few seasons who, like you say, then he brought him in, then he decided not to use him. And I felt, you know what Leicester fans are like? We seem to sort of take a dislike to a player that doesn't matter what they do. You know, I mean, Ben Chilwell was hated by a certain uh, section of the crowd, even though he was sort of England's first choice left back. But a new manager can come in, and like you say, it's not all about um, bringing players in. It's players who you can develop that have come through the youth squad or players that weren't being used properly, but honestly being used properly, but not in the previous manager's plans, but's come in and he, he fits Enzo's style of play. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I, I've said on the on this channel that if he was to sign another contract now, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset. And I know Cody's gonna come back in and, and probably, you know, he'll be first choice, but whether Yannick will want to stay, but I can see him I know, I can see him being offered another contract. Well, you, you know, at the, the top of the show, I said to you there wasn't too many surprises in the transfer mm. window. The fact that yeah. he's still here was the biggest surprise of all. Yes, for me. and to him um, as well, I think. <laughs> and to him, and to the club as yes. well. So it, it is a bit of a strange situation. And I, I, I did ask Enzo, did he think he had the right profile of player? And he paused. Uh, for a second or two, and then went, I don't know, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, but I think he just thinks he can get the best out of Yannick now. Now, there's a lot of players that, I think there's eight permanent players, and obviously there's all the loans that are out of contract at the end of the season. So they're in a similar situation to the were last year. There could be a big turnover of yeah. player next season, and Yannick probably is going to be one of them. Um, but if he can get a something out of him, which Brendan didn't, if he can get something out of him now in the championship, mm. then suddenly that £15 million isn't wasted. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Connor would have started as the central figure in yeah. that defence if he hadn't got injured in that pre-season game, which looked, well, I was there, he didn't look that serious at the time. Oh. You know, he went down, had a bit of treatment, played on until yeah. the 50th minute, uh, and then suddenly he's out for 10 weeks. But... Um, but Yannick stepped in and, and, and he's preferred him to Harry Souter. He's even preferred him to James Justin because mm. of that ability on the ball to dictate the pace, to play it fast or play it slow. And um, so it's, that has been the biggest surprise for me of the transfer window that Yannick Vestergaard yeah. had. He's been revitalised. And uh, he's got uh, a good pass on him, hasn't he? When he, when he does get he the has. ball up, he can ping a good he ball has. around. He can, you know, when he's given a bit of time to pick his passes, he can pick his passes. Yeah, uh, for a big lad, you know, that's that's a, that's a, a quality to have, really. Yes. I mean, he's not just a head on on a stick like the uh, the old <laughs> centre halves of the eighties used to be. You know, you you'd stick the biggest lad at the, at centre half, and he just head and kick everything. But it, he can play. Does uh, it remind think... me of that uh, that Hollywood film though? Like, is it white but my, white men can't jump? <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's often the way, isn't it? Sometimes you mm. know the big lads think they're going to be oh they're going to be dominant in the air, yeah. Um, but they can get off the ground sometimes. But uh, yeah. yeah, but no, he'll be all right. I mean, Nathan Aki's an example of that because he's not the biggest centre half no. in the world, but I think he's excellent in the air. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's athletic, but 
Yannick's got other qualities. And as long as you play to his strengths you know, or, or use his strengths and, and sort of accept the weaknesses because he's not perfect and no player is, no. then you might get a tune out of him. Yeah. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can still see majority of the fans not being convinced by it. No, so. no, they won't be. Yeah. They won't be. You know, yeah. we're, but, but Leicester are at a different level now mm. and they've got to get the best out of what they've got and try and get back up and then Looking, rebuild again. We have, yeah. Looking at the players that we've brought in, and we're, we're, we're going to obviously concentrate on those because they're the ones who are at the club now. Um, to me, the one signing that's made all the difference, I think, is this guy. Um, you know, when you look at sort of who was being linked, we did a, con- you know, a show, didn't we? And we're talking about... Um, um, who's the cardigan man? I've forgotten his name. Uh, Scott Parker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Stephen Gerrard and what have you. Yeah, now... Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. I said that this when, when we signed him, I said the, the signing excites me because obviously he just come six days before that he'd been lifting the, the Champions League. But I wasn't convinced because I wanted either the guy from Ipswich or the guy from Blackburn Rovers, Thomason. Yeah. Because they've got the experience of the lower leagues. Uh, but I've got to say, wow. I mean, he's come in. Um, He's had a big clear out, backroom staff have all gone, new philosophy. And really, it reminds me very much of when we went down to, to League One, you know, have that clear out, re- reset everything. But this could be, I mean, obviously, if, he, if, if, if he starts winning things, we'll probably lose him. But, you know, this this to me, this could be the signing of the summer. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a risk. It is a mm. risk because he's an unknown quantity. He's only had one managerial job before at Palmer. That didn't last very long. They didn't no. give him the time that he needs to implement what he wants to do. He, although he's Italian, his style is very Spanish. You know, he's it's, mm-hmm. it's very Pep Guardiola-esque yes. in many ways. And I know he gets fatigued at being asked about Pep, but, you know, <laughs> the similarities are there. Yes. Uh, and they're obvious. So, you know, the questions are going to be obvious. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it it sort of came out of left field, really, because um, we were expecting uh, Leicester to go to consolidate and go. Okay, uh, we're back in the championship. We need a British style style manager who knows this division. It's going to get us out, get back in the Premier League. But they went completely the other way. They thought, well, Enzo's good coach. He's mm. just been you know working at the treble winners, uh, the Champions League winners, and. You know he he, yeah. he he's got the potential, but we need to give him. But they need to give him time. Now, yeah. uh, now, do Leicester have a lot of time? Because obviously the financial impact of relegation, they need to get back up quickly. But they've got faith in him, and what I think they bought into with him is that, as I said earlier, he's he is ruthless. He's totally committed. You know, if anybody steps out of line, you know, they're out. Mm. He, he's just like focused so much. He's been living down Seagrave until he finds a ha- house. He's living down Seagrave. He spends his evenings watching games, watching old Leicester games and watching all his opponents, games of his all, all the upcoming opponents. Yeah. He is just totally and utterly focused and dedicated. And now he's got a wife and four kids, but you know, I don't think he sees them that lot at the moment. <laughs> he's just, um, he's what just very, it? very focused on, on what yeah. he's doing and, and, he, and I know that he reads all the media as well. He takes it all in. He's trying to soak up everything that's being said, all mm. the reactions to him. So, yeah, they've got certainly got somebody who's willing to seize the opportunity. Now, whether you would have got a 
manager to come in that would have obviously given their all, but yeah. um, wouldn't have been like too disappointed at the payoff when they got sacked, mm. possibly. But I think with it, with Enzo, he, he, he it's about being a success, forging his career, being a manager, being the main man for the first time properly. And I think that that's why he's giving it everything at the moment. And if anybody stands in his way, including me, um, <laughs> there there will be there will be issues. You'll know about it. I yeah. mean, do you think we? I mean, we, we, and we're going to go through the signings, but you know, we like you say we have made some high-profile signings. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, I speak to fans of Championship clubs, and they're all sort of saying, like, "What you know? What the hell are you doing? Wait, <laughs> you're buying the division, sort of thing." I said, "Yeah, but go back 12 months when we we didn't, you know, sign, well, we signed one player in the end." Um, mm. But how many of those players would have come to the club if Enzo hadn't been the guy at the helm? Well, certainly, um, I think you wouldn't have obviously got Callum. You wouldn't no. have got Cesaro Casado, who a player that I'm really excited about. Yeah. I really think he's going to be a, a great sign. He's so busy. He injects energy and enthusiasm, gets in the box, can score a goal. I'm really excited about it. I want to see more of him. Yes. Um, I don't think you would have got those lads to the club. No. Um, uh, Tom Cannon, perhaps not. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, it's exciting. Harry Winks. and Harry Winks has come because he wants to play this style of play, football. Yes. He's come because he wants to be on the ball. He wants to play. He wants to be the focal point of the team. Got cast aside at, at Tottenham to, and, and forgotten in many ways. Yeah. Yes. Now he's the main man. He's the most yeah. important figure in the team. Oh, he makes course. everything tick. I mean, looking at all the passing stats, you know, he's right up there with Yannick Bar, interestingly. But he's yeah. right up there. Um, so, you know, I, without... Enzo in and the style of football that people expect from him, perhaps three or four of those wouldn't have come. Yeah. Um, talk, talking now, we're going to go on to, on to the players. And I can remember being at a barbecue uh, uh, and Saturday night. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My brother-in-law is a big Man United fan. He's from Hong Kong. Of course, he's a Man United fan. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Out there, and I went. My phone suddenly started going bananas, and we hadn't eaten at this point. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to go. And then, why? So, we have to go and do a show. We signed uh, Connor Cody and Harry Winks. And they get <laughs> my, 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 my brother in law went, Yeah, stop taking the piss, you know, <laughs> as, as if you signed them too. And I went, No, we have seriously, I can't believe it. Now, to me, I thought. Two fantastic signings. Uh, it was a statement by the club, uh, but 
it appears some people aren't quite as happy as us. And they said it's the worst transfer of the summer. Now, this is a, 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 a Twitter account or a podcast called The Second Tier. They've got actually got about, um, is it 107,000? Yeah, 107,000 followers on, on X, as now is. Um, but um, to, to come out and say uh, 7.5 million on a 30-year-old who hasn't been good enough for Everton, I don't think he's better than what they've already got. A massive waste of money. And Ryan Dilts has chosen Connor Cody to Leicester as the worst transfer of the summer. You said it beforehand. How the hell can you tell? <laughs> he's not actually played any minutes in the championship yet. But, but I'm sure fans are, a lot of fans are aware. This might come as a surprise to, to, to others. And, and it's certainly some, probably something they're not aware of, is that despite his injury, and he was wearing a boot surgical boot mm. for a long time he's gone to every game home and away and he's been a big influence in the dressing room you know he, he is a leader he is a talker yeah. um and you know i've seen him at you know with tranmere you think oh they give him a night off at tranmere he can't do anything can't contribute he was there mm. you know so i see him he comes out after the games and, he, and he'll sit pitch side and he'll talk to people uh you know he's a very sociable guy um mm as we all know from his Wolves days, really. I mean, he was always yeah. willing to, to interact with people. So I think he's going to be an excellent signing. I do. I think he's going to be that influence that the club haven't really had since Wes Morgan. And now Wes, you know, was a quiet leader. You know, he yeah. wasn't like a, a shouter and a baller like a Casper. No. But, um, but he was an influence around the place. And I think Connor will be that influence as well. And um, we've talked about Yannick, and it'll be interesting when uh, Connor's back fit, which we expect by the end of this month. Uh, he, he should be back training after the international break, but then obviously you've got to give him a bit of time to get back to fitness before he can play. But yeah. I think he will he will play, and he will be that central figure in that defence. I think so. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of Connor Cody, and I think he'll turn out to be a bargain. I I, I honestly do as well, and I think. Um... We, we remember, all right, we might not be going any further now in the Caribou Cup, but it's it's 46 games, um, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, pick up a niggle here, get a booking over the limit and missing games, you know, and we are probably going to say, because I don't think he's a player that necessarily, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he leaves his boot in occasionally. And, you know, we could be calling upon Yannick, um, you know, quite a few times, as, as the, like the first first choice standing. Uh but I think I mean, you know, it wasn't so long ago. He was an he was playing for England. And you know, Everton, all right, you know, Sean Dyche Everton has decided to stick with these ex Burnley players um in, in the in their defence. It's not particularly doing them very well at the moment, is it? Let's be honest. No, but... I mean sorry, I'm just adjusting my light. Um, right. I, I I got sent to the um England press conference uh last week. And Connor was mentioned without prompting yeah. by um, Gareth Southgate because he was talking about why Harry Maguire was named in the squad and he hadn't played a minute for Man United this season. And um, and he listed the players that were missing and he, he mentioned Connor. So he's still in his thoughts. Yeah. But, it, but it, the caveat was he said, um, well, Connor's injured at the moment, but he's also dropped down to the championship. Like that should be Ooh, negative against him. Yes, I, I heard that. Would, yes. Yeah, so 
I, I don't know. I mean, well, I, he must still be Southgate when he got the job that said, I don't care where players are playing as long as they're playing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but we'll, let, let's judge Connor when he's bat fit and playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I tell you, when he's on the pitch, you'll hear him because a lot of the preseason games were behind closed doors down at Seagrave. Yeah. And you know, I, got, I was lucky enough to be invited to go and watch those. Mm. And his was the voice that you constantly heard during the game. Yeah. So he will be very important to Enzo's style of play because he will be organising people around him. Um, so, yeah, how he can people can say he's the worst signing. Potentially, mm. yeah, potentially he could be the captain. Ricardo's done very well um, yeah. with the armband. You know, he's been there for quite a few years. And a bit like um, Wes, you know, he's not the vocal leader, but he leads by example. And obviously yeah. he's playing this role this inverted fullback role at the moment, which you, some people might argue doesn't bring out the best in him because, you know, we've seen when he was flying before his injuries, mm. uh, he was a great attacking fullback, got in the box, scored goals, got forward. You know, he he don't he won't get forward as much in this role. He, you know, he's basically moving from right back to being a holding midfielder. Um, but, you know, he, he's, a, he's a lovely guy, Ricardo. He's... Um, just so down to earth and, and, and a measured individual that that's why I think he's got the armband at the moment. But Connor would certainly be a candidate for that. Yeah. Now I did jokingly say probably the signing of the summer was 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 Enzo, but to me, this guy that you know who is who's going to be coming up next. In fact, let they might as well just bring him up. Uh, I I for me, we we did a show, a deadline day transfer special, and there was sort of five or six of the presenters coming on all at different times. And I asked each and every one, including myself, who is your signing of the season so far? Now, unfortunately, Cody, we hadn't really seen enough of him to include him in. But every single one of us went for Harry Winks. I'm mm. trying to do commentary. Now, I'm not. I'm no John Motson. I will be honest with you, sir. But I'm trying to do a commentary on the watch along, and I'm saying like, and Harry Winks has had the ball in, you know, in the in the left back position, and he clears it up. And then five minutes, you know, two three minutes later. Uh, well, hang on, who's, there? who's on the right midfield now? Oh, it's Harry Winks again. He's guy, he's like um, Shinji Okazaki. You know? mm. After 60 minutes, the guy must be absolutely knackered, but he, he's everywhere. And I put on the thing there, position, <laughs> midfield, a stroke everywhere, because he is. Yeah, yeah uh, he is relishing this mm. uh, challenge. I mean, I spoke to him in pre-season, and um, he's just loving the responsibility he's been given. Yeah, he wants to be the focal point. He wants to be the main cog in the machine because, you know, after a bright start at Tottenham, and I mean, I did a piece about that performance at Real Madrid at the Bernabeu that Tottenham fans still talk about as like a fabled performance. So we went back and looked at it and thought, well, was it really that good? Yeah. Um, and you can you can basically on Wisecout, you can watch every touch you made in the game. And it wasn't as spectacular as many people, but it was very, very effective. Mm. Um, and that was when I thought, this, this he's a proper footballer. And since watching him uh, play for Leicester, um, he, he's got to be up there as the best midfielder in the division. Yes. He has to be. Um, he never gives the ball away. He's just, I mean, it, occasionally he has, but so very, very rarely. I think he's... Um, possession stats and the completion rate on passes was up something like 95%. Mm. You know, he's um, he's a very effective footballer who's going to be intrinsic to how Enzo wants to play. So, 
yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dis, uh, disagree with the fact that people are saying he's the signing of the the summer so far. But you know, time will tell, as I said, with all of them. But yeah. um, so far, he's made a great start. He has. Um, third signing, uh, if I've got these in the right order, which I think I have, um, is oops, I've jumped on too many on that screen. Um, well, I say he's a goalkeeper. I, I, I'm wondering whether he's a defensive midfielder sometimes because <laughs> I, I, I've seen you, you touched on it. I remember watching one program, going like, who, who, Who's that? Like you say, everybody was in the opposition half, but one player was just outside the center circle in our own half. Uh, what the hell? That's mad. What are you doing? I mean, if they'd had the, the thought to kick it up and I and do a Beckham. But he that's what Enzo wants from his goalkeeper. Enzo said he was the main target this summer. He was the player he wanted more than any uh, yeah. to come in. He's identified why. It's because he wants, when they've got possession, he wants all 11 players to be like outfield players. And it was remarkable watching some of the Bromby stuff that he was stood next to the two centre halves as they were knocking the ball around on the halfway line. You know, he was there to be the, the you know the, the, the central figure in that build up. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come with risks. I mean, we saw it in um, in the Liverpool game in pre season. I think it was mm-hmm. Liverpool game where the ball was turned over and you had to do to head uh, head clear from outside the area because he was scrambling yeah. to get back. Somebody tried to lob him. Um, you know, there are inherent risks but as i said earlier about the annex situation enzo's quite prepared to take those risks he yeah. thinks dominating possession and having the ball is going to be uh, more fruitful going forwards than uh than being a bit cautious so it's a brave approach but mm. this guy he, he fancied i mean i thought casper fancied himself as a, an outfield player <laughs> but this guy is an outfield player most of the time yeah. but he can make saves as well we've seen he's come to their rescue a few times already yeah. He can make I mean, saves. It is risky uh, the way that that, that he plays. Uh, it's almost like Ozzy Ardiles when he was at Spurs. Well, we'll concede two, but we'll score three up at the other end. You know, I can see him yeah. going up at the end of the match when we need a goal and, and nodding one in. But mm. it when um, when last season we were playing out when because Brendan liked these goalkeepers to play out from the back, and it was another case of when when you were watching it. Um, whether it was uh, Everson or Ward, they'd kick the ball to the defender and then the defender would seem to wait there for the ball to get to them. Where now, I seem to be, the players seem to have read them, they must have been told, that when that happens, you come and you meet the ball. Yeah. Rather, yeah. Than, rather than wait and let an opposition player nip in and get it. A bit different to Casper used to get the ball and he used to play those diagonals out to the, to, to the wide positions, to the full-backs or to Harvey. I mean, Harvey was a big target for him. Mads yeah. is a bit different. Mads will play the pass through the middle. Mm. You know, when when Ricardo steps in or Harry steps in, um, you know, he'll come in the central position and he'll have Yannick and Valt go either side of him. But he won't mm. be afraid to play that pass in the, it, it, into the central areas. It's not just yeah. give it to the keeper and the keeper just sling it out wide and then we compete for it there. It's It's a different philosophy. Um, so you know, his ability on the ball is intrinsic to uh Enzo's philosophy, so let's see how it works out. But there will be some hairy moments, I'm absolutely yeah. sure there'll be some hairy moments. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, um, isn't it? It's edge of the seat stuff, it is, it is. It is. Take some um, risks, 
yeah, it's not. We don't want boring football, do we? We want risky football. Um, now, but do forgive me with this pronunciation. Uh, but when Mads was 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 brought in, I thought he's going to be number one. Otherwise, why are we buying buying another goalkeeper? Uh, and I thought, well, Smith is is um, he's there. He's like he's like the Jakovic of of, of of the team at the moment. He's there, and he'll mm. he'll, he'll come in if need be or for some emergency. But obviously, he's injured anyway. Um, and I could see Stolchart going out on loan, and then either Everson Award being sold. I had no way did I ever think that Stolchart would be, and I forgive mm. my pronunciation, would be number two. He's, he's deserved it. He's not done anything wrong when he's come in. But we could we could have a five-a-side football team of just goalkeepers. I mean, yeah. Neil, and hello to Neil from Beyond the 90. I think you, you know the channel. It's a great Leicester channel. Um, he said, how will he manage the five-goalkeeper situation? Well, well, they've submitted the, um, the squad. There's one player that's going to miss out on being registered. Mm. So they've got uh, 26. Um and they've obviously got five goalkeepers, so I would expect it to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, Danny Iverson was a bankable asset, um, yes. but he hasn't moved on. But I can see him being the third choice. Danny Ward and Alex Smithies then, I think, well, I think Smithies would be the one that misses out because he's, so. yeah. he's injured at the moment. So yeah. they, will, they will carry four, four goalkeepers in their squad. So yeah. there should never be a need for, you know, turning to James Justin or Jamie Vardy and saying, can you put the shirt on? The keeper's gone off injured. <laughs> we shouldn't yeah. have that scenario at all in, in the future. So um, but I did say the other day, I mean, he's, if, he's been having like two goalkeepers on the bench and I, I, I couldn't get why we had two goalkeepers on the bench. I mean, has any team ever used three goalkeepers in a match? Oh, yes, Leicester did against Shrewsbury. But, I mean, <laughs> joking aside, I mean, what was that all about as well? Yeah, I know. It was very surprising. And it certainly sent um, a message to those a lot of those lads that have not featured at all mm. uh, so far this season and during the transfer window that, you know, he was open to letting them go. Uh, Harry Suters of this world. So um, it's going to be interesting how he integrates them again. Uh, in, back into the squad because he might have to call upon them. I and mean, we've talked a lot about the central defenders. Uh, Connor's been out injured. Um, so, obviously, he's gone with Yannick in that central position. And in the uh, League Cup games, he's played JJ in there. I mean, that, my understanding is they're trying to nurse JJ back. They don't want to rush him too yeah. much because of the physical issues he's had previously. But yeah. he is, I think he is the best defender at the club. What on what? He can play right, left, centre half, centre midfield yeah. if you want him. He, he, he's, he pl- he's a proper player. He's a utility player that Phil never wanted to be, isn't he, really? But yeah. uh, I mean, John's made that point there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll mention it because you, you, you brought it up. But will Daku and Sutar be integrated back into the squad or be left in limbo? Well, they have to be because they're being paid. You know, yes. you know you, yeah. the window's shut now. They can't go anywhere. No. Get them back in. Get them focused, and 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 point out to them that if they want to move in the next window, the only way to do that is to attract um, attention with their performances mm. on the pitch. Now, yeah. I think, I personally think Harry Suter, uh, well, Harry wants to stay. He wants to fight for his place. Is my right. understanding. He, he he's not prepared to get his opportunity at a club like Leicester and then just walk away after six months. 
I think he would like an opportunity. Patson, we all thought Patson was going. Yeah. Uh, the Bournemouth situation where they couldn't move somebody on to make space for him was the reason that that collapsed. So he's back now, having th- thought he was on his way, and he's back in. So they've got to get the best out of him now. I mean, there was a lot of speculation around Kelechi on the final few days of the the, the, the window. And Kelechi is now so important to the way Enzo plays. I would have been surprised if they let him go. Because he likes like basically like a false nine. And the penetration comes from the two number eights, uh, whether that's KDH or um, uh, Caseda. Um, they, they, they need that penetration from there. So, but Patson still's got something to offer at this level. Um, he, I think he, he really can do it, but um, it, it's got to be a mental thing now. It's going to be difficult for Enzo to get them back on because, as I said, he's, he's ruthless. He's mm. not like he, he's basically told them you know, they, they, they know where they stand, which every player must welcome. Yeah, the fact yes. that they know where they stand in the situation. Yeah. But now he's got to get a tune out of them. So this is management. He's learning because he's yeah. he's a new manager. He's learning about the media. He's learning about how the club works. He's learning about players, uh, and he, and he should know players from his coaching. But you know, when you're managing them and you're the you're, you're not the number two that puts an arm around them as a laugh and a joke with them. You're the guy that's making the decisions. It's a different kettle of fish. So this is a learning curve for him too. Uh, but getting Patson and Harry back in will be a big, big thing for him because he's going to need... The championship's relentless. I mean, I was looking at the fixtures the other day. We've come back from the international break, you know, away at Southampton and away at Norwich in the yes. space of like five days. You know, that's that's a fair bit of travelling. But that's the thing, isn't it? It is 46 games just for the league with any cup games on top of that. Uh, and they've still got international going. There's international players there, so they're going to be away playing... It's going to be a long, hard season, and we're going to need that everybody in that squad yeah. to play yeah. their part. You know, um, you are. I mean, Scott's just asked here. Um, he did ask. I've lost it now. Don't bear bear with me, caller. Um, do you do you see Enzo rotating the squad so the likes of Daka Chowdhury, uh, Cannon, etc., may get regular game time? He's got to, hasn't he? Yeah, I can. But I think so far we've seen that he's been pretty consistent in his uh, selections. Um, mm. That back three, four has not changed much so far. Obviously, Hermanson is the goalkeeper. Harry Winks will sit in front. It's in the forward areas that you you will probably see the rotation. I, I can see um, uh, Caseda coming in a bit more ahead of Wilf as a number eight. KDH might have to have a little breather as well. Uh, Ian Acho seems to be the, the main number nine, but Jamie's been dropping in and out. He's got options now in the wide areas yeah. with the business they did at the end of the transfer window, which, you know, when Harvey went, we thought, well, where's the width coming? And they got Mavadidi in and um, Abdul and now Eunice as well. Casey's been the, the big bonus for him so far this season. So, uh, yeah, that, that, he's got options. And that's healthy. That's really healthy for a long, long season. Yeah. Totally, totally. Uh, you talked about the winger there. First one coming in, Steffi. Uh, scored a goal, obviously, against the fans on his side. Uh, I'm a bit with some of these players, and we'll come on to obviously the different ones we go through, that they're coming in with these great reputations. And I think when, when you call anybody a wonder kid, you're kind of building the poor guy up for, up for a fall. But he was called the Arsenal wonder kid. But... Mm. 
I've been really impressed with him. The you know the the the, the foot over thing I don't know what you call it that the, the, the players do. Uh, he's got some tricks in his uh, in his arsenal, hasn't he? No pun intended there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He seems a direct type of wide player. He likes to get wide, then cut inside, which Enzo likes. He like he can fashion a shot for himself. Um, very similar to the other players as well. That he's brought in. You know they. Yeah. They can offer the width, but as soon as they get the opportunity, they will come inside and try and, and be direct. So, And this is the, the the part of the game plan that I've noticed, that the number nine won't be the main focus. No. It's the two eights and the two wide players that are going to be offering a lot more goal threat in this game plan. So that's why I think um, a Kelechi in that show is probably, rather than a Jamie Vardy or a Pat Sendaku, is probably what he's thinking at this moment. Not to say they won't play their role, and I think no. they will have a role to play. But um, yeah, I think he likes uh, the fact that these guys. He's got. They've got to stay wide. They've got to be disciplined to give that switch ball from Catalan Doyle that I mentioned earlier. But when they do get the ball, they'll be looking to come inside and 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 be a threat. I mean, I was surprised. We will come on to Cannon at the end because obviously he was the last signing. Um, but. We've seen the end of the tour up front. <laughs> We're ever going to see that come back. I don't think it's important under Enzo because he sees his wide players as part of the strike force, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and he doesn't play with a t- he doesn't play with a ten either. No, so no. you know Madison was the ten um, before, but he doesn't play with a ten. He plays two wide players and two eights, and the two eights are, are, are encouraged to get into the box mm. and, and break lines. So they've got to be runners as well. They've got to be athletic. Yeah. Uh, he likes Dennis Pratt. Obviously, Dennis has got an injury. Yeah. But I, as I said, I can see the two being um, at the moment KDH, and I think eventually Casada will be the the yeah. other number eight. Wolf has done very well, but it's a change for him. This role is a, a massive change for him. He's never. I have not seen him play this role before. Um, no. Watching him pre-season, we were watching him go box to box, and we thought. Is he trying to turn Wilfred and Diddy into Yara Toure here? Or <laughs> yeah. This is well, going to be it interesting. It was working, wasn't it? That was the thing. Well, he scored I some mean, goals. Yeah. He scored some well, goals. We, we sat there at the start of the season and I, I said, like, who the hell is this Indeedy that we signed? I said, because mm. I certainly haven't seen this Indeedy. Not for a couple of seasons, in fairness. My God. And I, and mm. I think, along with, with the, the majority of, uh, of, of Leicester fans, I was pleased that he didn't leave. Be honest with you, because I think again, but I just it's going to be interesting to see who gets the game time as we go through. Callum yeah. Doyle, and you mentioned him earlier, uh, again came with a big reputation after what he did at Coventry last season. Uh, has he lived up to that so far for you? It's early days, I know. Oh, yeah, he's played regularly, he's looked effective. Um, he's got that wand of a left foot, you know, he can ping that crossfield ball as we saw for McAteer at uh, Rotherham. You know he, he, you know he can be an effective player, and I think he's an important part of the game plan for Enzo. Mm. Yes, um, I can understand why we've got so many lone players. Um, you've got to, you've got to use it in the championship. You've got to use yeah. it. Oh, we I, did, I mean, yes, we did in League One, didn't he? Yeah, as well. you've you got know. to use the loan market because you know mm. you've got FFP concerns and. You know, they, they, and I think one of the big draws about Enzo is that you, you, that clubs like Man City are willing to 
let their players develop at a club like Leicester because they've got fantastic facilities. It's a big club in the Championship and you've got a progressive manager who mm. plays a style of football that is, is suited to the Premier League. So it's it's a good yeah. grounding for them. You know, it's you know, yeah, they, they are developing these players. Know, I do know, obviously, a couple of the wingers that are going to come on to have actually it's uh, loans with options to buy. Uh, but... Depending you know, on promotion. Yes, yeah. But the likes of Callum Doyle, uh, for example, and Kasady will come on to in a second. I mean, if they have good seasons, they're going to go and let's say we get promoted. They're going to sit down. If we go and say, look, we'd like you to stay. It's not going to be as simply for them, I'm going to go back because it's Man City or Chelsea. Because let's be honest with you, they may not get the chance. You know, they don't necessarily like sort of the youth players coming through at these teams, do they? No, I mean that's the thing. So it's it's important for their development. Development if they come to a place like Leicester and they do well, and they go back mm. and they see a change. I mean we, I mean Leicester have used the loan market in the opposite way as well. I mean, yes. uh, KDH going to Blackpool and then certainly Luton, Harvey Barnes with yeah. these three loans. Yeah. You know they go away boys and come back men. They understand mm. what it is to play serious senior football. And it's it's all part of their development, and and the, the key, and that's why clubs employ loan managers now, is picking yeah. the right environments for them. I mean, Ben Nelson is another one. I mean, Ben's been around the squad all pre-season and start of the season. He's a defender they've got high hopes for. He's a ball playing centre back, perfect for Enzo, mm. um, but he didn't have a very good loan start of um, last season when he went to, to. I think it was Rochdale. It was then when they recalled him and they went. He went to Doncaster, um, and he played a lot more football. That he started to understand. You know, it, it matters to win at that level. Just win bonuses. It's it's money for for these players, you know, and their families. So. No, it's, it's a bit different to playing under-23s development football. Yes. This next player, you've said how much you like him. The little Italian. Uh, he, he, he nearly went to Italy, didn't he? But uh, again, I think this was the Enzo effect uh, that we got him uh, here at, um, at, at Leicester. What I loved about him, in his first game he came on, Vardy, I think it would have been a penalty, uh, but he wasn't hanging about and waiting. You know, he, he, he saw that ball there and he thought, oh, I'm having that. And wallop in the net. Well, dream start, that is. I mean, don't expect that every week. But no, I like no. this kid. I've, I've seen an, uh, enough of him now to think that I think he's going to have a big contribution this season. Mm. Uh, as I said, he's very athletic, energetic. Uh, he adds uh, tempo when, when, he, when he's in the team. You know, we've seen Leicester like playing a little bit slowly, as I said, the patient build up, and suddenly he comes on and it just increases, takes it up another notch. So I think he's got a big role to play, and I can see him playing um, most of the games this season. I think he's just been fed in at the moment by Enzo and he's learning. But I think when, when the season's truly up and running, you'll see a lot more of this lad. Yes, yeah, I think he's uh, uh, and he gets the crowd going, doesn't he? As soon yeah. as he comes on. And that's sometimes what that can be almost, you know, when you bring a player on, the fact that that gives that crowd the buzz that can can, can help the team uh, uh, totally. Um, and, and he compliments KDH very well yeah. for me because yeah. they're both very similar in that. They're very energetic and very enthusiastic. Yes. And I, I, I just felt in the, the start of the season that 
Keenan, because he's homegrown and he's come through and he's a bit of a fan's favourite, you know, he's taken a lot more responsibility on his shoulders, probably more than he's ready for at the moment. Yeah. So having somebody as the opposite number eight uh, playing with him and taking some of that burden off him would be mm. great for KDH as well. Yeah. Um, Jonas here, um, right winger, we, we, we touched on him earlier. He's a winner. <laughs> All right, you know, in the Turkish league, but uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I've liked what I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was quite good when he came on at Tranmere um, mm. for that second half. Then he got the start against Hull. Uh, he didn't offer too much in that game. Let's give the lad time. You yes. know, he. I, I've looked at again. I've looked at a lot of his footage from before. And he had a very good loan spell in Turkey and a, a club that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head from Galatasaray. Had a great time. His numbers were, were very high for goals and assists. Again, he's a player that loves to, to, you know, he's left footed off the right, loves to come inside and have a shot. You know, he doesn't go on the outside very much. Sometimes perhaps he can be a little bit more aware of people in better positions than him. But he's a young player, and that's all part of the learning process. So he needs time. And I must admit, I say the guy that came in, the Turkish fan that came into the chat, or the Galatasaray fan from Turkey, uh, he didn't want to let him go. They were they were disappointed that that he'd gone. And I think that that says a lot if the fans don't want to see a player go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can imagine why they they like him. You know, because. They don't have many homegrown players at Galatasaray. <laughs> they import so many of their players. I think he was yeah. one or two. I think they've only been left with one homegrown player mm. um, now because he's come to Leicester. So, you know, it's very much about exports to Turkish football. And uh, that's a shame, really, because their league could be quite good. I mean, I've, I've been over Turkey and the enthusiasm they have for their game. I, mean, I would imagine the atmosphere <laughs> is amazing. If you're a Fenerbahce fan, or a, a Galatasaray fan, you're like, oh, it's your yeah, life. Um, so, it, you know, that'd be interesting. But if one uh, right wing is not enough, let's let's get a second one in. Um, you always need another option, don't you? You do. Don't. Although, having said that, we have got, you know, um, Mavadidi and, and Marcello, who don't, haven't been doing so bad. I mean, Marcello, I've got to be honest with you, I saw him pre-season and he looks the business. Um, gets dropped. Yeah, it's early days for him, him well. on And he gets two, but... yeah. These guys are going to have to fight to get that position. But he, again, got the crowd going against Hall when he came on and hit the post. Very direct, wasn't he? Very lively. <laughs> yeah, he hit the post. It was a great run. What a start that would have been yes. uh, for him if he'd uh, managed to score that. But yeah, an, an exciting prospect, I would say. Yes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him and Eunice. Mm. Uh, my inkling from just seeing that, I mean, it's very, very early. As I saw, we only saw about half an hour of him. Mm. My inkling is this kid could be the one that really excites people. Mm. Have we got an option to buy with? Um, what I've got. Um, it was a season-long loan. Do we have an option to buy with him? Yes, I believe so. Um, yes. But again, it's all dependent on um the outcome of this season and yeah. um you know promotion is key if you if, if these lads perform and they want to play in the premier league and they get leicester up there's a great opportunity for them now this surprised me it's the last one of the incomings and uh i did the um the, the deadline day special thinking probably will be a very very quiet one because we've done so much with this early on 
And of course, we we signed this guy, but by the time he actually was announced, I was tucked up in bed because I've got to be up at six o'clock the next morning. Uh, but uh, Mr. Cannon, uh, I yeah. mean, it's just, it was a surprise. Uh, I know Liverpool fans, uh, Liverpool fans, sorry, Everton fans weren't happy, but they I didn't sign anybody, so they just didn't want to let anybody go. Um, again, was he Preston, I think, last season on loan? Did yeah, did very well bad? there. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I've spoken to a few people who, about him and, and you know what they how they would compare him with it, um, Leicester players of old. Very much like Vardy, in fact, he plays on the shoulder of the last defender, but also a bit like David Nugent. There's a lot of similarities with Nuge, right. uh, you know, in the way, way he runs, his movement. Uh, he can drop deep and he can link the play like Enzo wants. Uh, it's going to be interesting watching his develop this development this season. Obviously, they, they to, to pay the money they pay for him to take the the the, um, the chance on him. They obviously mm. believe in him. I mean, this isn't a, a, a loan. This is you know a permanent deal. They they think this lad can contribute in the coming years. So you might not see a, a lot of him initially, mm. but um, yeah, I, the feeling I get is that um, this is one for the future. They think can really benefit for them and as I said a Vardy slash Nuge type centre forward. This is I think this window has been I mean it's really been I'd say the the first proper window that Martin Glover and his team have been able to sort of do do their bit if you like so it'll be interesting to see how yeah. how these signings go on but what does this say for Pats and Dakar? Uh I don't really know how much we're going to see of Patson. To be honest, but mm. you know, as I said, he might have a role to play. Injuries happen, suspensions happen. There's a lot of games. If you get a run in the cup, then um, you know you, you might need to rest players at certain stages. Mm. You, it's a 25 man squad for a reason. Everybody's yeah. got to contribute, so you've got to get them all in and get them ready. And, and yeah. it's professionalism to to make sure that you are ready if, yeah. if called upon. So it's up to Patson if he wants a, a big move. At the end of it, then he uh, he needs to knuckle down now. Yeah, two questions to 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 to, to end on: Kalechi uh, and Brad, who who's one of my co-hosts. It, that's his that's his man love. That's his secret man love is Kalechi and Acho. So he would kill me if I didn't ask this. Uh, he's got a year left. Um, he's important. He's now, to my mind, he's like you say, number one um, in in the role that he's in, but in in that. There's going to be one forward on his his name. It's going to be the first one on the on the on the hmm. uh, team sheet. Will he? Do you think sign a new contract? Is there any rumours or rumblings about that? Well, we've asked a few times about because um, there's quite a few lads that are out of contract. Hmm. As I said, I think there's eight uh, lads that are already at the club, and then obviously you've got all the loans as well that could potentially go. So yeah. there could be a big turnover again next summer if um, the outcome isn't positive this season. Um, yeah. I think a lot depends on on that whether they can get promotion or look like they're going to get close to promotion. I understand Kalechi; he, he might have been up for a, a a move if something really positive happened. But um, I don't think he's unhappy at Leicester. I mean, he's got his big mate Wolf still yeah. there. They share a box, uh, and all their family come over. You know, they've had some good times at the club. I don't think they're in a a hurry to move out of the club. Uh, and he's that sort of likable character. He is oh, quite God, a bubbly. Is. Yeah, he's very I mean, a lot. He's very popular with his teammates. He's yeah. Kalechi, very popular with his teammates, and uh, 
I think he's got a, a really prominent role. The probably the most prominent role he's had since he's come to the club this season. I mean, he's played bit parts. He's been a second striker. I mean, his most uh, productive period was a second striker to Jamie in the FA Cup run and the end yeah. of that season. Um, and I think he's a talent. And I don't think potentially there could be a better striker in the championship. No, no, not at all. Interesting to see, and I'll make this the last question. Appreciate you, you giving your time up to do this as always, Rob. No um, I, I Somebody said to me, what were my expectations at the season? And I had two, and my head said one and my heart said the other. Um, my heart says that we'll go up as, as either first or second. I know I'm not particularly bothered as long as we go straight back up. But I didn't want to be disrespectful to, because it's a, it is a difficult division, um, to my mind, it's probably the sixth or seventh best division in Europe after you know the, the so-called big six. Uh, I just, I don't know if we, if we weren't to go up this season. So let's say, for example, we either missed out in the playoffs or we finished seventh or eighth. I don't know if that's. The, I mean, financially, that's obviously not going to be good, but it would give us another season. I'd sooner have that extra season in the championship and go up stronger than you know go up this season and not be ready, if that makes sense. I think they need to get up this season, personally. and yeah. um, It's a perfect season for Enzo to get his blueprint in, get that, mm. have a season working on it here, because it's unforgiving in the Premier League. You get punished for every mistake, yes. as yeah, we saw last season. Early, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a massive golf, a huge yeah. golf. Yeah. And even this squad now... And I've called it the best in the championship would need a lot of work uh, mm. in the Premier League. So a lot of money would need to be spent again. I still have a lot of faith in the ownership of this football club and the, and the way it's run. I do. I honestly do. I know everything went wrong last season and perhaps a few people were asleep at the wheel as as things developed. And but, but you know, I was one of those that did warn this, about it. Yeah, they made up for it almost this season, haven't they? Because... They looked in and went, God, yes, we, we we got all this wrong, but they've gone out and backed the manager. Yeah, that, exactly. You can't complain, can you? They haven't exactly no. um, shut down the club and said, right, okay, we're going to have to weather this. No, they've gone, right, okay, we've gone down. We're going to get back up. We're going to yeah. make 25 transactions, you know, yeah. uh, nine players in. We, 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 we're going to have a go at this. We're going to take a risk on a progressive manager who's got a philosophy that might be different to what we've had before, but hey, we're going to back him. So yeah. I think there is ambition there. And I think the fans, re- I hope the fans really get behind them this season because it could potentially be one of the most, I mean, every season since I've been, I've been covering them for 14 seasons. Yeah. Every season has been memorable. There's something that always happened. There's always been competing or fighting for something or to avoid something, and uh, this this uh, this season I hope won't be any any different. And I hope they can challenge for that automatic those automatic promotion spots because that is the target. I, I know people might play it down, but it has to be because if they don't get up, the financial implications next season will hinder them even more, and the golf when they do get back up will be even greater. Yes. So um, they need to get up. Our next game is Southampton away on Sky on a Friday night. I mean, you know, <laughs> the joys of the championship Friday night football, eh? <laughs> yeah, but remember what happened once before when we played Southampton on a Friday night? 
Yeah, not bad. Yeah. That was actually that. that was my last away game. Was that really? game? Haven't, yeah, haven't had a go. And, I, and the tickets for my next away game, the Southampton away on on next Friday night. So fingers crossed that I yeah. am I'm, I'm lucky mascot. But you know, I'm looking at those fixtures though, and I'm, I'm going to have to renegotiate the mileage on my uh, on my car. That's for sure because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of away trips this season. Do wait, wait until you get Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> Plymouth one week, Sunderland the next. Cardiff, you know. Swansea, Norwich, Ipswich, you know, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Plymouth, yes. Southampton. Uh, uh, all corners of the, of the country. Yeah, as my as my as my Burnley mate said, welcome to to, to, to proper football. <laughs> at, um, I haven't missed VAR at all. Rob, thank you so much for giving up no the time problem. and uh, coming on. Please do get over if you haven't subscribed to Athletic. I think I think the offer is on a pound a month for twelve months. Yeah, I saw it bargain. Before. Yeah, it is. It is absolute Best bargain. Pound. Better value than Twitter. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I pay twenty six pound a month for the time subscription, and uh, you can get for twelve quid the Athletic yeah. a year. Don't start me on that. I, I used to work <laughs> in, the, in the in the newspaper industry for twenty four years, twenty five years, and when it was slowly moving over to um, to the internet more than than papers. Like what? And I say I worked in the industry, but I'm saying why do I have to pay for a service that is advert heavy? Mm. <laughs> and you're still asking me for more money. Oh, don't no, no, you? Yeah. You'll get me on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, there's not many adverts on the Athletic, but you know, lots of content. No, that's what it is all about. And it, to me, I can say it's the best, best bound. I'd pay more, but don't don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Rob, thank you so very much for giving your time up. Really do appreciate yes. it, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll speak soon. Take care. Absolutely. Ta-ra. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks to Rob there for doing that. Uh, really do appreciate it, uh, giving his time up uh, and coming on. Um, and uh, who, whoever that podcast were, they don't know what they're talking about. Rob does. Um, do do pound a month. It's best value out there, and it really does. Uh, the content, honestly, that I can't say how good the stories are. I, I absolutely always read it. Uh, got some news for you. Uh, Monday night now, normally on a Monday at seven o'clock, we do the debate show. It's not going to happen this Monday, it will probably happen on Tuesday because on Monday, uh, I've got Muzzy Is It coming on. So I'll be chatting with Muzzy and doing, uh, looking through his life and uh, times at Leicester. Uh, and I'm sure that overhead kick against Grimsey will just get a mention. So that's Monday night at half seven. Uh, Muzzy Is It in conversation with. I am looking forward to that. Thanks very much. If you're going to watch the England game, enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing a watch along or not. Um, it's England. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But uh, hey, look, we lost the hole, but it's still the best opening season we've ever, ever had. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, this has been LTID TV. I've been Chris. This is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.